The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. been in a series for the past seven weeks. This is week eight of this series. I'm just going to tell you right off the bat, I am not as smart as it seems, but it's amazing how this message lines up so perfectly. What James is about to talk about lines up so perfectly with the message of Jesus Christ and what we're talking about today. And then even next week, next week, James is talking about the importance of prayer. And so we're going to be emphasizing that as we move into the new year, which is a major point of emphasis, But what James is going to talk about here, we're just going to read a couple of verses this morning, but what he's going to really focus in on this morning is seizing the moment, seizing the opportunity that's in front of us, seeing what's really in front of us and recognizing what options we really have, what the options really are. Because it's so easy for us to drift related to the real call that God has placed on our life. So look at this with me, verse 13, James chapter 4, he says, Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow, we're going to go to a certain town and we'll stay there for a year. We will do business there and make a profit. He says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Like none of us really, really know. He says, your life is like a morning fog. It's here for a little while, then it's gone. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Lord, uh, we invite you into this moment and we thank you for what you're doing in this place we ask that as we look to your word this morning that you would, you would speak to us, that you would reveal your heart to each and every person in this room. Lord, I don't know where people are in their spiritual journey, but you know where they are, and I pray that you would meet them right where they are, that you would speak truth to them, that they would get a revelation of the love of Jesus Christ, of the plan of God for their life. And Lord, we thank you for these things. We give you all the praise and the glory and honor for what you're gonna do today in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen, amen. James asks a question here. He says, what is your life? What is your life? I don't know if you ever thought about that before. I don't know if you ever do think about that, but, but it's a good question to ask yourself. Like, what is your life? Like, what is your life really all about? Where is your life going? What are you doing with your life? Where is the current course of your life taking you? And is what you're, you're focusing on, is it really what matters and what's really important? James says, what is your life? And, and then he says, you need to recognize something. He makes a statement. He says, your life is like a morning fog. Your life, some translations say your life is like a vapor. It, it's here for a moment and then it's gone. And he, he presents this to this group of people. He says at the beginning of verse 13, he says, look here, you who say today or tomorrow, we're going to go to a certain town and we'll stay there for a year. We'll do business there and we'll make a profit. And if you understand the context of the people that James was talking to, not everybody really had that kind of opportunity. He's talking to a group of people who have a lot of, of options in front of them. At least that's the way they see the world. We could do this today. We could do it tomorrow. We could go here. We can make a profit. We can kind of do whatever it is we want to do with our life. We got a lot of options. And I think if we look at our life today, especially as Americans, we could say, man, we got a lot of options in front of us, don't we? Lots of options, lots of opportunities. Maybe you say, well, Pastor Josh, you know, I don't have that many options. I'm, I'm just, I don't, I, don't, I don't have a lot of money. I don't have a lot of opportunity in front of me. I don't, I don't really see it that way. Well, even if you, you don't have a lot of money, you have a lot of options. In fact, I, I read this week that, that the poorest among us in America have 70, 
are 70% wealth, or I'm sorry, are wealthier than 70% of the rest of the world. So even if you're the poorest of Americans, you still have a lot of options in front of you. You, you can't do anything. You can't do everything. Nobody can. But we all have a lot of options. And what options can do is they, can, they, they tend to lull us to sleep. They tend to make us think, well, because I got a lot of options, I got a lot of time, I can, I can, you know, I could choose to kind of do my life however I want to do it. I, I could do that today, I could do that tomorrow, I could go here, I could go there, I could, I, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, I, I got lots of options. But James says, I, w- wait just a minute, do you really? <laughs> he says, what, what is your life? Like, do you really have all the options that you think you do? He, he's getting us to, to stop for a moment and really analyze and think about with some sobriety, what we're actually doing and where we're going with our life. And he says, your life is like the morning fog. Your life is like a vapor. This morning, when I got up on my drive to church, I think it was just the Lord, but I kind of live out in the country, but as I was driving in, there was morning fog and it existed, like it was out there. You could see it over these, over these fields, this, this layer of haze that just kind of hovered over those fields. But if you go out there now, that, that, that's gone. That's the thing about fog. It doesn't last very long. And you know, most of the time, here's the thing about fog. It's not that memorable. <laughs> like we don't go, man, remember that fog of 2007? Whew. Unless it's like the London fog, which was brought about by, you know, pollution really that caused all that problem. But most fogs are just kind of like, they're here today, they're gone tomorrow, and they don't really leave much of an impact. Or, or like a vapor, you know, this is, we're, we're entering in that time of the year where it's cold and you go outside and, and you breathe because we're humans and we breathe, right? That's what we do. And you breathe out and what happens? You, you, well, on those really cold days, sometimes you can see your breath. And what does it do? It comes out of your mouth. It's this puff of air that comes out, but in a moment it's gone. And, and you don't really think much of it. You don't really remember it. James is saying that's kind of what our life can be. Now, now listen, James isn't saying, oh, it's just, you know, your life is just meaningless and purposeless and we're all just kind of dust in the wind and whatever will be, will be. That's not what he's saying. Really what he's bringing about is this idea that your life is short and we should make the most of this short life that we have. We should seize this opportunity with the short amount of time that we have. So to help me illustrate this today, I brought this, this illustration here to kind of help you get a greater understanding of what I'm talking about today. Okay, I want you to imagine that this, this ball of rope here, this, all this rope here, represents your eternal existence. So this is kind of like your life here in a nutshell. Now, uh, this doesn't go on forever. This is just 500 feet of rope here, but I want you to imagine that it does go on forever, that it just continues on and on. Okay, so this is your t- eternal existence, and this little piece here at the end, this little red dot here, This is your life here on earth. This is your 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years of life is is this. And then the rest of this is eternity, (laughs) which will be lived somewhere, either separated from God in a place called hell or connected with God in a place called heaven. Okay, so here's the danger. A lot of people live their life solely focused on this little red section right here. Everything we do, every step we take, every decision we make is all based on making the most of just that with no consideration for all of that. And so we do things like this. We say, okay, all right, well, here's my life, and you know, right now I'm right here, 
And so from here to here, I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to focus. I'm going to save, 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 save. So that right here, you know, this little section right here at the very end, that's my retirement. And I'm going I'm to work hard, save hard. So right here, man, I can really enjoy life. I, I'll have a good nest egg, and I can travel, and I can go eat whatever it is I want to eat and go to places I want to visit and do all that. So I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to build my life around right there for this, this little red section right there. Or maybe you're here today and you're a junior high student or a high school student, so you find yourself kind of right somewhere, somewhere in here, but you're really looking forward to this section right in there somewhere where, where you get to go to college or you get to get out from underneath your parents. You're going to graduate and now, oh man, now I got some freedom and I can go do what I want to do and I can try things and, and be with people and kind of figure out who I am and come to terms with the reality of me. It's me time. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait for that. And we build our life around that moment right there. Or maybe you're here today and, and you're a parent. You know, you got, you're married and you got some kids. And so, so you're in this section right here where you're really working hard and you want to do everything you can to, to give your kids the best opportunities because you want them to have a really great red section. So you're going to educate them, give them really great opportunities with education and, and put them into every sports opportunity you could possibly give them because, you know, I mean, your kid could be the next LeBron James. You should see him on that little tyke's goal. They are ridiculous. It's awesome. So we're going to do everything we can and that may, you know, that may mean that we got to, you know, miss church here and there sometimes because we got to travel with these sports teams, but, you know, it'll be worth it in the long run because this red section, they're, they're really going to get a lot out of their red section. Now listen, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not good to have a retirement. That's good to have a retirement. I'm not saying it's not good to look forward to, to, to getting out of high school and going to college. I'm not saying that you shouldn't give your kids the best opportunities available, but the problem is so often we're just simply focused on this temporal state of life right here, and we're doing everything we can to make this the best possible. And my question is, are you investing? With your finances, are you investing in something that's eternal? With your kids, are you making investments in things that are eternal? With, with your life and where you're going, are you thinking with an eternal mindset? Because I want you to know, this is a reality. This is for real. We're here for a moment, and then it's this. And the Bible makes it very clear that how we live this and what we do here determines how this will be lived. And so people may look at you and go, man, you're crazy. You're not really making the most of your little red section here. And I'm going, are you crazy? Are you crazy? Because this is real. This is really going on. And I want you to know that there, there's an enemy in this world, Satan, who wants you to just solely focus on this little area right here. He wants you living a life solely focused on these little years that you have here and making the most of that with no consideration for all this. But the Bible teaches us we're to be focused on things and to run a race and to set our attention on Jesus and to not just live a life where we're spending our life on temporal things, but we're investing our life in eternity for eternal rewards and for eternal impact so that we can not only live in eternity the way God's called us to, but that we can bring other people into the eternity that Jesus made a way for them to experience. Are you with me this morning? So often what happens is we get focused on the wrong end of the rope. So often we get focused on things that are short-lived, but we only get one chance at this. And someday we'll all stand before God. Like that's gonna happen. 
You're gonna stand before God and he's gonna look at your life. And there are many things about our life that are gonna be burned away. But there's some things that we'll take with us into eternity. And so the danger is that we buy into some of the illusions that exist in this world. This illusion, these ideas, these concepts that like, you know, I got lots of choices. I got lots of options. I, 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 got, I can do this however I want to do it. And I got time. That's one of the great illusions. One of the great illusions that exists today is this illusion of tomorrow. You know, tomorrow, really, if you think about it, tomorrow's kind of like a mirage. You guys ever seen a mirage before? Maybe you've been driving down one of these long Oklahoma roads where you can see miles ahead or like out in West Texas where I was born, you can see like 200 miles into the distance because there's no, tre- no trees and it's flat as it can be or, or maybe you've been out in, in the desert before somewhere and it's these hot days and when you're driving down the road, you can look ahead and on the, on the horizon, you can see like in front of you this mirage and it looks like there's water there. It looks like, but, but, but how many you know, you keep driving down that road and when you arrive where you think that mirage is, it's not there. In fact, that mirage just is out in front of you. It just continually stays out in front of you. Really, that's what tomorrow is because whether you recognize this or not, it, it really is true. You can only be in today. And when you arrive at tomorrow, guess what? You're in today. And so often what we do is we think, well, you know, tomorrow I'll, I'll get to that. Like we're in a, you know, we're getting ready to be in 2022 and some of you, you've already decided in 2022, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to, I'm going to extra 2022, going to exercise, going to get on that. But right now it's 2021. We're going to enjoy the last few moments of this freedom. But in 2022, tomorrow, we'll do, tomorrow we'll eat better. Tomorrow I'll put away the Ben and Jerry. Tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll do this. Tomorrow I'll really start living for God. Tomorrow I'll, tomorrow, I'll get to, I'll start, tomorrow I'll start reading my Bible on a regular basis. Tomorrow, tomorrow I'll invest in my kids in their spiritual walk with God. And let me just tell you that, that, that enemy of your life, Satan, who really does exist, Jesus talked about him. He really does exist. The Bible says he wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. That same enemy, he loves tomorrow-minded people. He loves people that are just living for the red section of the rope, that aren't thinking about really what tomorrow holds for them, for their family, for the world around them. It just, just, it can wait. You can do that tomorrow. You can do that some other time. It, it, it can wait, but God says, listen, God says, don't wait till tomorrow. Do it today. That's what James is telling us in verse 14. He says, you don't know what tomorrow brings. Listen, there's no promise of tomorrow for you or for that person. But Satan would say, oh, you can, you can tell him you love him tomorrow. You can wait. You can tell him about Jesus tomorrow. You can fix that broken relationship. You can do it tomorrow. Don't, don't worry about it today. You'll get to it eventually. You can live for you right now. You, you, we'll get to that later. The Bible tells us in Joshua, he says, he says choose this day who you will serve. This day, today, today is the day of salvation. God says today, Proverbs 6, 4 says, don't put it off. Do it now. Or as my kids would like to hear from my Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation, do it now. <laughs> Listen, here's the reality. Whether you recognize it or not, eternity has already begun for you. It's already begun. The day you were born, 
You became an eternal being with an eternal destination. And the decisions you make today affect your eternity. Notice this rope, like it's not broken up into two pieces. I don't have one piece here and I'm saying, well, this is where we are now. And then someday we'll disconnect from this and we'll connect with this. No, no, it's all connected. And, and God says what you're doing today will echo in eternity. The decisions you're making today are gonna echo in eternity. And so, so, so listen, this is why Jesus came. That's why he came. 2,000 years ago, Jesus came. And, and I want you to wrap your brain around this. God came. Like when we talk about Jesus being born, he's God. He's the one that spoke this world into existence. And I'm sorry, I just can't get over this. I have a hard time getting over the fact that God himself really came to this earth and became one of us. I hope you never get over that. I hope you never lose the wonderment of that. Like I, I was telling my kids this week, we were at dinner and we were talking about Christmas and what it's about and the, you know, having that conversation, which I hope you're having with your kids. And I was just reminding them like, God, he, he was, he's God, he's everywhere present. And yet he, he, he came into the womb of Mary. He could only be in one place at one time. God chose to do that. He's all powerful. And yet he downsized himself to become a person in human form, who, who, a baby. God had to have his diaper changed. God had to be burped. God had to be nursed. God did that. It's unbelievable. And he did it. Here's why he did it. He did it to fix this. Because this was broken. And because this was broken, this was broken. This was all messed up. This was all a, a massive mistake and a massive problem. And so Jesus came and he did what none of us could do. He did this perfect. And now through him, we can receive of what he did here and we can have all of this. Jesus came so we could have hope. Jesus came so we could have God. Not just like that someday we can have God, that someday, you know, when this life is over, now we can have God. No, no, Jesus came so we can have God for all of this. He came to fix this and bring hope and purpose to this, to all of this. And so the choice is, is here for this. The choice is available today. We can choose today. And I love it because the angels show up on that hillside to this group of shepherds who are abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. It's, it's the middle of the night. It's darkness. These are guys that are kind of hidden away from the rest of society. And the angels show up to that group of guys with this incredible message that the Savior has been born. They say, well, I, I, we got great tidings of, of great joy. Here, here's why they came to that group, because they want you, God wanted you to know the message that, that God brought the, through those angels to those shepherds is a message he brings to you. Maybe you find yourself in a dark place today. Maybe you find yourself in a place where you feel alone, like nobody sees you. But God shows up and he says, hey, unto you. Listen, this is what, what the angel said. This is for you. For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Make that personal. Unto you. He was born for you. Jesus came. God came for you. And he came this day. Listen, this is the day of salvation. He's available to you to this day, and he's a savior. He wants to pull you out of whatever kind of mess you find yourself in. I think sometimes when we think about Jesus and we think about what Jesus came to do, we think of it from this perspective of like Jesus came to be our life preserver. 
Like, like we're in the middle of this storm in this world. This world's messed up and there's waves crashing all around us. And Jesus came and down the cross. So now he can throw us a little life vest. And, and he says, okay, hang on. I'll be back soon uh, or you'll die. And then you can come with me. That, that's not the message of Jesus. The message of Jesus was he dove into the mess. And now he wants to grab a hold of you in the middle of the mess. And he wants to pull you out of it. He wants to be with you. He wants to join hands with you. Hope is available. When, when Jesus was born in the manger, hope was available. Hope was born in the manger. Hope for, for, for your today and hope for your tomorrow. Hope for your forever. It's such great news, isn't it? I love Christmas. I don't understand how people don't like Christmas. You ever meet people that don't like Christmas? Most of the time when I meet somebody that doesn't like Christmas, like you start really talking to them, there's something that happened in their past that kind of caused that to happen. But, but this is a great season. I love it. And you know, Christmas is interesting because everything changes because of Christmas. You ever thought about that? Like everything changes. We, we change the, the clothes that we wear at Christmas time. I see you in here. You're dressed up. I'm dressed up. I got people, some of you, and you got the ugly sweaters on. I was in the Apple store the other day because my computer crashed on, on Tuesday, which is fun. And, and I got to go to the Apple store, which is equally fun. And uh, I was there for like two and a half hours. It was awesome. And the girl that was helping me, she was really sweet. She really was. And she's got, you know, she's got her Apple, you know, shirt in their gear. But then she's like, everything else is Christmassy. Christmas earrings, Christmas hair tie, Christmas uh, shoes. Like everything's Christmassy. It's because, why? Because Christmas. Like people just dress. I saw somebody the other day coming out of Walmart, just like decked out in Christmas gear. Like they got up and they were like, you know what? I'm gonna go Christmas today. <laughs> That's what we do. And we put lights on our house. Like literally, we put lights on our house. We don't, we, 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 some of you spent thousands of dollars putting lights on your house. Why? Because it's Christmas. And we put trees in our homes. <laughs> trees in our homes with lights on them. We don't think about this because this is what we do, but this is weird. <laughs> this is kind of weird. We don't do this any other time of the year, but we do it now. Although some of you, you maybe leave your Christmas tree up for like six months. I don't know. Because anyway. We eat different stuff like ham. I ain't eating ham any other time of the year. I ain't making up a ham based in a ham. Christmas. Christmas music. You go in stores, Christmas music. And I love Christmas music. Listen, I, I consider myself to be a connoisseur of Christmas music. Okay, so if you need a hookup, I'm your hookup. You go to Spotify, look me up. You're going to find all sorts of Christmas playlists. And they, it's a Mariah Carey free zone in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> I'm a, cla I'm a classic Christmas guy. And by the way, classic Christmas people were named some of the most epic names in history. You ever thought about this before? Burl. Burl Ives. Burl. Like, that's a great name. You having a baby? Consider Burl. I want to meet a baby named Burl. That would be awesome. Is that Burl? Oh, what's up, Burl? That's good. Good name. Nat. That's a bug. Bing, that's a sound. This is people just naming kids crazy stuff. Burl, Bing, Nat, Gene, whatever. Christmas. Well, I love Christmas music, and one of my favorite Christmas songs is Oh Holy Night, which, by the way, Judy just slayed Oh Holy Night. Woo! That was awesome. But I love Oh Holy Night, and I love uh, the rendition done by Nat King Cole. It's, it's beautiful. I encourage you to listen to it this week. 
the, the, the arrangement, the orchestra, it's just, and his vocal is just perfect. The way he, he sings it, the way he emphasizes, it's just unbelievable. And then beyond that, the lyrics are just so powerful. And the second time through, as he's singing about a thrill of hope, there's this, there's this key change that takes place and this movement in the, in the, in the oh, so good, so good, so good. But he sings these lyrics, a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Man, that's, that's Christmas, a thrill of hope. I don't know where you find yourself today. Maybe you are in a weary place. You live in a weary world, I get it. But there's a thrill of hope that's available. Yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. You know what that was? Jesus came and died for you. He made a way so your sins can be forgiven. That yonder day is now available. It's here now. You can have it. God reaches out to you today with a hand that says, I love you, I'm for you, I wanna help you, and I wanna give purpose to this and meaning to this and the healing and freedom to this. And I wanna, I wanna make purpose and, and, and give you something worth value that can, can go for years and years, for eternity, forever. I wanna give that to you today. It's available today, today. So don't put off to tomorrow the greatest gift that's ever been given that's available for you today. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.